everybody. How are we doing? Welcome to Cashflow Chronicles, when we are talking about artificial intelligence, hope or doom. I would like to say um, hello to our guest speakers. Uh, we have some people up here. And first, first things first, though, I'm going to introduce Cashflow Chronicles, just to give a bit of background about who they are. Oh, wow. Uh, sometimes I forget that we are the hosting <laughs> because we have you, Nessie. You've been doing a great job for us. Uh, Cashflow Chronicles, we are all about researching uh, one, $1 million businesses around the globe. Uh, we do send them questions. questions. Uh, we ask them about their process systems, how they built their businesses, what other businesses they will do if they had to start over that kind of stuff, and then we put that into a newsletter that goes out every Friday morning. Uh, it's Cashflow Chronicles, so interviewing and researching million-dollar million businesses. Fantastic. Thank you for the start. I am going to introduce our first guest speaker, Vector. Do you want to introduce yourself? Give us a bit of information about who you are. Hey, how is everybody doing? Good morning. Um, name is Vector. I'm the uh, founder of a social media kind of a social media platform and a social media kind of engagement, engagement and boosting support platform, both of which are going to be utilizing artificial intelligence or large language models, however you want to call them. And uh, I was invited to come and speak. And I think that it's a kind of a, this is a wonderful topic. And it's like, I've been really getting much much deeper into ai and actually like the last couple of days and they've been like really kind of privy to a bunch of awesome kind of new tools that are being made available and it's really going to revolutionize just how people are even thinking about ai and what they can do so like i'm definitely super excited about having this conversation and hearing everybody's opinions fantastic we have another uh speaker up here travis do you want to introduce yourself Hello, I'm Travis. I'm also looking at uh, social networking. Um, I see a lot of potential with AI and how we can use it uh, to make things easier for everybody. Um, it's a pleasure to be up here and uh, meeting everybody. It's lovely to meet you too. Welcome to the stage. And then we have our third guest speaker, Jake. Do you want to give us a bit of background about yourself? Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me on. My name's Jake. I'm the founder of Chatterbox. It's an AI-powered platform that allows you to interact with visitors to your website, gather sentiment, and understand better where your website is lacking or your business is lacking. We use a lot of AI to supplement what would historically be done by humans in a customer service chat kind of realm. Uh, really exciting stuff going on in the AI space and excited to kind of share some insights where I can. Sounds fantastic. And for all of you who don't know who I am, I am Nessie. I am the co-host here for Cashflow Chronicles. And I am not working in AI, but uh, I do love using AI for a bit of uh, creativity. And uh, MidJourney is one of my favorite things to use. But uh, okay, I'm going to just throw in with some fun questions to the team. So First question, I'm actually doing it. Let's do the overall topic, hope or doom. In the context of today's technology, you're all three are working in AI. So I'm guessing you're sitting on the side of hope, but tell us what's the deal? Why hope? Um, 
Uh, so I'll go first. I, I think it's really a fascinating time. And I, I am neither hopeful nor doom kind of uh, <laughs> kind of doom approach. And I'll say I'm hopeful in the sense that I do think that AI will unlock a lot of efficiencies and create a lot of opportunities to help people, Nessie, such as yourself, right, exercise that creativity, which otherwise you wouldn't have had an outlet for. It'll also help small businesses or medium-sized businesses become more effective and more efficient at engaging with clients and doing other things, um, you know, outside of the realms of what they would have historically done. On the doom side of the coin, I think it's a really fascinating time where you can look and see the true impact of AI in the space where we have early individuals who are starting their career which otherwise would have very kind of like monotonous or very low skill level positions that could be replaced by AI. I think in the next few years, we'll see this really big chasm that's opened up where entrants to the job market are going to find it harder and harder to find roles for these historic like low skill level entry level positions because those are the jobs that are going to be the first ones that will be kind of automated away. So the doom aspect is that that's going to happen. Hopefully we can be more conscientious of how we might be able to find people to, you know, uh, really kind of add value in other areas or, or look to kind of create some sort of other like management and training type programs. But that's my quick, quick thoughts on the matter. Oh, I think it's, I think it's good. Victor, you're clapping your hands. So you obviously have a point too. Come on, give us your thoughts. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, for me, um, <clears throat> I, I kind of fall close to where Jake is kind of falling on the whole thing. I think that at the end of the day, like when we talk about like hope or doom or, you know, technologies, like if we like remove artificial intelligence from it all, you know, what really determines it is how actively people are kind of engaging with it and are utilizing it for themselves instead of having it kind of like spoon fed to them. And what I mean is if like the narrative for the usage of your AI or the usage of AI is kind of like set to a very like kind of narrow use case where people are like replicating people's stuff or something like that, then that's like what's going to set the trend and set the tone for people's using it. And then, but if people are kind of like maybe like looking to create solutions to their or solutions to problems that they're like, you know, that are just like part of their life and utilizing AI for that, by creating solutions to problems, you're basically creating value. And if, you know, people are able to kind of actively create value for themselves instead of looking to businesses and services to do that and then they're retaining their value and people are kind of learning how to do that then it spells a way for us to kind of like maybe move away from the idea of people needing even to work menial labor jobs like ai and like the commodification of intelligence is something that like we need to kind of understand as an aspect of like just kind of putting intelligence and where it is as a value where it needs to be and then like maybe looking towards other ways of human interaction and value kind of creation that is maybe more objective because a lot of the things that are created, you know, it's like they have a kind of subjective value for like human, like society, but as far as their objective value for like the world and how it, and the impact of resource usage, all these other things, like, you know, we have to, we're obviously coming to a head there. So AI can possibly create the space for people to do maybe more meaningful work instead of kind of like doing kind of like this like like you know entry level whatever we say like when we say entry level it's kind of like a way to be like all right 
Like we have someone coming in and they're making like, you know, social media posts all day for their life for a company that's like, you know, optimizing their value. But like, what does that do for the person? Nothing, you know? And so that person could have a whole type of things that they want to do that could be drawing them value that they maybe don't even have the knowledge base to do so. But now AI can kind of come in and provide them with that and give them the tools that they need and like be that thing. And, you know, what they create could be something the world needs as opposed to them sitting there being like a graphic designer for like, you know, some random company. Well, so, so, so Victor, I, I think that those points are really interesting. My one thought would be is like, historically speaking, entry-level jobs offer a foray for people who are early on in their kind of, we'll call it professional career to really hone those skills, which would be otherwise necessary for like learning how to pitch a business, assemble a project plan or like all these different types of thing. And my biggest concern, and I think yours too, is that, Hey, maybe these people may not have that opportunity to gain these otherwise, you know, early stage skill sets. And I think that that's where the real kind of like concern of the shortcoming is, is that without having those opportunities, they're not going to learn to interact or do these kind of like very easy things that, that otherwise would be just kind of like front and center stage to any like, you know, early entrant analyst type position. But I mean, a hundred percent. I mean, like, I, I think it's just a matter of like, I guess, like if we're trying to keep things in the current paradigm, then we're going to be like, if that's the, if, if we're like keeping things and like with the idea that this is the economic system that we want to hold on to, then yes, 100%, I see what you're talking about. But if we're talking about like, you know, developing and evolving our economic systems, which is something that, you know, is the key kind of topic for the last five years in regards to like cryptocurrency and all these other things, then maybe what AI can do is actually be kind of like a, it can actually facilitate that movement forward from like this kind of zero sum capitalist kind of like thing that we have now into something where it's like where people are kind of starting to redefine their value is what I'm saying. And so maybe the value of like, you know, entry level work gets put in its proper, like just that's what that is. And it's not like, you know, nothing wrong or bad with that, but maybe human beings could be better served to be doing other things. That's all. Travis, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's one of the things that people were really talking about when this AI was taken off like a couple years ago is how it was going to really take over like entry-level jobs. <laughs> but uh, we're really seeing that it's coming for, uh, you know, the lawyers, you know. It's coming for the programmers, you know, like those high-skilled, high jobs that, you know, you have to get this fancy education for. Like, uh, there's a guy uh, we've been working with a little bit, um, He's got a program that makes programs. Are you joking me? <laughs> like, like things are advancing so fast right now. You know, like, uh, you know, the Dahlia and the image generators. I mean, they are, you know, day by day by day, like just taking off. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, we're still going to need people to work on vehicles. We're still going to need people, like, sweeping floors and things like that. I mean, we got the robot vacuums a little bit for the floors and whatnot. But, I mean... You know, like those little skills, you know, maybe uh, they'll get like a pay bump, you know, like those those jobs are absolutely essential and maybe they'll get appreciated a bit more, um, you know. And then as Jake was kind of talking about as well is, you know, um, I guess some people don't necessarily understand the opportunities out there and they just don't have the time, maybe. Um, but I mean, it's, it's you know, 
he can't like help everybody. You know, people got to get out there and like look. Like everybody, there's no person in the United States right now that doesn't know that there's something going on with AI. And a couple of Google searches and a couple of, like a little bit of like basic research, they could see you know the beginnings of what's going on. And if they wanted to, you know, they could find a path. I mean, that's how I got into it. You know, like I've just looking a little bit here, looking a little bit there, found a rabbit hole, met some amazing people, and that's really um, supercharged uh, my knowledge on this topic. So, do you want to talk us through a little bit because about what you're actually building? Like you've mentioned it briefly, but like tell us exactly how you're using the AI to to really drive that. Yeah. So essentially, uh, social media has been stagnant for you know like 20 years. I mean, basically, all all they're trying to do is keep you at the computer, trying to keep you mad, trying to keep you just like engaged and just you know in your little click, you know, like, uh, you know, like separate you like from, you know, reality, your family, you know, the longer, more engagement you have, the more money they make. So that's all they care about. Like that's their entire thing. Uh, so the way I'm looking at it is we see what works with the different social networks. Why can't we throw that all together and focus on getting people together, like outside of their computers, outside of the house and real life interactions. And we got the ways of making that safer, um, you know, for instance, we can plug into an API uh, doing background checks um, as well as there's like dating apps as well. You know, like so if a date is going bad or they feel that they're unsafe, there's like panic buttons. You know, we can put that in there as well. Um, but it's about time for a new paradigm where instead of just sitting at the computer and hiding behind anonymity and just being all mad and making other people mad, that we can actually just get people together and just have a, you know, fun interactions. You know, like let's say you like tennis. I like tennis. We're in the same town. You know, we, we each have like a Sunday afternoon. We've never met before. But, you know, the, what I'm talking about, it puts that together. It sees those connections. Because, like, uh, I, in mine, I would have like a questionnaire, you know, it would ask people what their interests are in that. Uh, but it sees uh, we both like tennis. We both have that time off. You know, why don't we hit the park and let's give it a shot. Let's see how that works. And, you know, maybe it'd be really good. I like that. That's cool. Uh, okay, Vector, what about yourself? Do you want to give us the biggest lowdown and kind of more information about what you're building? Yeah, absolutely. So essentially, we're kind of in line with what, you know, Travis is talking about, which is funny enough. Like, so I met Travis yesterday at an ITT uh, yeah. base. And then like, you know. Um, oh, did we... AI introduce you? I'm joking. Oh, no, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, so essentially. Might as well. Something, so might as well, right? Seriously. But, like, we're essentially building something closer with the same kind of, like, uh, I guess, like, ethos, where it's just, like, we're seeing that, like, social media, one, is very just outdated and archaic at this point. Um, you know, in regards to, like, the kind of things that are available on a software level as far as, like, features, this is, like, it, you could say this is, like, feature bereft at this point. Like, there's just, like, so many things that aren't being, like, updated. And it's, like, it's almost kind of, like, handicapping us in a sense. Like, there's just, like, you know, the organizational factor of social media is is really bad. The, like, you know, like, Travis already talked about, like, just the, the way that the algorithm works to kind of just, like, incense people. And it pushes forth, like, you know, it just, like, if you go from place to place, you can see a lot of vitriol no matter where you go. And it's just, that's not the kind of thing that I feel is, like, healthy for humanity at all. I think that when you talk about social media, like, it's like the idea that we're all competing for attention is just kind of ridiculous. And it doesn't really serve anyone but these platforms. 
And, you know, like the, the psychological relationship that we all have towards it is that, you know, the platform is giving us value and that's completely erroneous. We're actually bringing the platform all of its value and then we're being spoon fed you know, drip, dripped back, whatever, like ad revenue or ad share. And then we're fighting for even that, you know, it's saying, and then we're, so it's just like the, the, the kind of thing where it's like, it's, it's very manipulative and kind of like predatory and anyone that like, you know, is invested in just like creating solutions for this is like really just kind of like, you know, the impact level that is available is just something that is just like, it's, un, it's unreal because social media is at the heart of basically like what it's like the pulse of humanity right now whether we want to like accept that or not, like it's just, that is where it is. Like we don't really use our phone that much anymore. And it, it is kind of sad because of the state of it, but if social media actually served people and, you know, provided people the tools that would be used to like organize their life, organize their network, mobilize their network, mobilize their, or their fan base, you know, like, you know, monetize their content easily without all this kind of like craziness involved. And all of these things are available in different places you know, like as like this kind of like hot, like so like now, now we need, you know, we have the capacity specifically with AI to like go and develop these things, prom prompt these kind of like solutions and get responses back, simulate them and then create these things, you know, and that's amazing. And then with AI, it's like, you know, we can use it for like obviously in the hands of people that are just trying to make money, then things get funky and, and like, you know, it's like it becomes like it becomes very abusive. But if you want to utilize AI to like actually like instead of instead of follower account, how about impact? How about like, you know, instead of like it's just like there's so many ways to the value metric a person's content outside of how many people are following them, which is a very useless metric as far as I'm concerned. So for us, it's just like utilizing AI to like categorize and put things and, you know, get prompts from people, get data from people, because like, you know, Travis mentioned the questionnaire, but we're all posting every day. We're all filling out a questionnaire of our interests on a regular basis. You know, that's the whole point of all this data that we're putting up. So every day you're getting it. We're, we're providing a very full meta picture of who and what we are, our interests and everything to like, you know, corporations and things like that. And, you know, it's just like all this random stuff. You get random ads. What if, you know, like you were asked what ads you wanted to have on your profile that were in line with your like, you know, the things that you liked and the things that you wanted other people to see. And then like, we're able to get the ad revenue directly there. What if the ad revenue went to you and you shared it with the platform instead of the platform sharing it with you? Because that's the relationship that should be had. So for us, that's like, you know, AI being able to kind of like put things and categorize things and like, you know, and then build things and then give people the ability to build things so that way people can start developing. Like we're moving from a time where it's from like, like we're using platforms to where like we all are and can be a platform and we should have a platform. And that's how, like, we're able to retain our value because right now value retention is something that, like, we all need to pay attention to. Like, we're losing our value. Like, the, 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 like, the value that we create from job to job, whatever we're doing, like, it gets sucked out of us before it even gets into our hands faster than we can even think. And the more things get digitized, the, the faster it goes. So we have to start thinking about ways, especially, like, you know, right now when, like, AI can be used to just completely just like, you know, abuse and, and sequester resources and make narratives and, you know, like, like cordon off and like, like, like acknowledge, like we need to be able to like use this stuff and show people the value of it and how it can actually help humanity. And then, you know, this whole hope or doom thing can get taken out of the, the equation and they can just be like using it and finding out where you stand in it and how much value it can be to you and what you can bring back to people. So I got, 
I totally get what you're saying. I'm going to throw the question the other way then. I'm going to put it backwards, which is like, do you think there's any specific areas of AI research then that raise concerns about a potential negative impact? I mean, absolutely. Anything that like, you know, when you're talking about like governments can like basically everything that we do, no matter what it is, is data. Like we have like, and so like they're, they're like taking the data from us. They can make data sets. They can literally have AI, you know, like basically kind of only look at specific kinds of behaviors or only look at specific kind of things and then place people in specific kind of like bubbles. And then literally that like, and then, and then they're doing that now. The algorithm actually right now is what they're doing literally on Twitter right now. They're taking your content, they're taking all the things that you say and you do, and then they're placing you in a specific place where you're getting confirmation bias. Okay. And so like, this isn't even like some kind of like futuristic, oh, coming down the pipeline, bad stuff. This is like right now, you know, they're utilizing AI in a way to like, you know, even the, the, the knowledge or the information that the language models are absorbing is biased in its own right. Like, you know, if you're taking a lot of stuff that's just like basically from the West or you're taking a lot of ideas that are like, you know, specifically like, you know, like uh, centered to have this narrative or push forth this kind of idea of capitalism or whatever the case may be from region to region, you know, that uh, that in its own right is just utilizing, you know, AI for just nefarious means. And so that you can take that and then you can kind of like just like completely like, you know, extrapolate upon that to like businesses now taking data and being like, we're only going to, you know, like go to, we're only going to advertise, we're only going to engage and we're only going to like, you know, like, like reach out to these kind of people and everybody else kind of doesn't get these resources. And so it's just, yeah, like at the end of the day, we need to be more tactile to emerging technologies. Right now, the relationship that we have is that technology gets presented to us. But and then like, you know, and then like it gets refined and then we use it after what well, we need to get much more active before we start having opinions about hope or doom, like get in there and get dirty with it. It's like it's like get in the kitchen. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like a, it's like, you know, you're making food or something like that. Go and see what's up. See what you can do. See what you can't do. Go to a music AI and like all of a sudden, like, you know, make a new genre of music because you're just goofy and you don't have nothing. You don't know anything about music, but you just want something that sounds like give me something that sounds like SpongeBob on a winter day, you know, doing backflips or something like that. And the next thing you know, you get like this crazy cool sound that has nothing to do with you. Like, you know, like it's just like get it. It's like everything is there for you to kind of like experience firsthand for yourself. And the odds are you're going to go in there. You're going to have fun. You're going to be able to interact with something that is going to let you express your ideas and not give you any like uh, tension in the back. Like you don't like working with people is crazy. Like you know what I'm saying. And so when you have something that's just like something that's like, hey, I got ideas, and you just can give it to it, and it prompts you back, and there's no tension, there's no friction, and you know it's just like it just becomes this thing where it literally it you 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 it becomes like your little your your homie it becomes your pal you start wanting to name it you start teaching it things and it starts talking back to you in your vernacular and next thing you know it's like it's your it's you would be like wow i don't even know where i was without ai and i promise you that's the experience that you most likely have should you just go in there and use it okay that's pretty cool what's your thoughts jake what's the negative side to ai that you see um well, you know, I, I'm really curious, actually. So I'll just do a little bit about the, the negative side about AI, but then I'm also curious to ask some of the people who are listening a question. Maybe we could do like a show of hands. But um, 
I mean, look, just like with any new technology, right, there's going to be some negatives. Um, that's been the case throughout the history of time, right? There's always downsides and impacts and people who are going to get left by the wayside. Um, I, I do think that one of the concerns will be is, is how we manage um, the usage for what I'll call is like otherwise warfare type, type capabilities, I think that the applications using self-deciding and or self-guiding type um, autonomous vehicles are going to be greatly expanded upon by the use of AI, which is to me a little bit um, concerning given that there are not a whole lot of ways of like guardrails and ethics behind that at the, at the current moment. But hopefully, you know, you know, not that I have a ton of faith in global legislative bodies, but, I do think that there will be different guardrails and frameworks put up, but I think that that's a real concern and that really impacts, you know, um, people who otherwise don't have a whole lot of decision in that, uh, in certain war zones and, and conflict zones. So I think that that's a, a big thing that I worry about is, is the application of that, um, technology for, for otherwise, um, malicious use. So, um, in, in terms of, like everybody out here who's listening, just maybe by a show of hands, I'm curious for all of those people who either have like either a website or a brand that they're trying to build and maybe just do like a quick like reaction to that and then um, maybe like a... All right, guys, throw up some hearts if you're using AI within your business and what you're working on. Yeah, it's so, you know, maybe... Um, I think it's just really interesting to we we're here talking about AI and its usage and how um, a lot of people know about the potential benefits of AI. And I'm actually kind of surprised to see that there are um, uh, relatively a few number of everybody. So look, I think that there are plenty of different ways. And if maybe this is your first time and you're a little hesitant and you are like interested in learning more, I mean, the folks here who are on the panels, like, you know, have links in their websites to their various projects and you follow along. I think getting more ingrained in some of this, these types of discussions is also a really great place to start if you haven't yet. But um, yeah, so I'm really excited that everybody's dialing in, even if you're not using that technology yourself today. But then that's actually going to throw me into a nice good question next, which is, if a newbie's coming in, so you're new to AI, you want to use AI, you're hearing it, you're coming, you've listened to the space and gone, okay, I should really go and create some SpongeBob music. And I'm going to crack up at that vector because I think that's brilliant. I'm, I am actually now going to have a go just to see where that flows up just for entertainment value. But realistically, like if you're a newbie and you want to come and invest and give it AI a go, like where should we start? I mean, what's the, the first place? I personally started with Midjourney and got totally addicted with my friend Becca's in the audience. The two of us got massively addicted to Midjourney, had loads of fun there. But where should somebody go? What should they be looking at? What are the cool tools that are there? Yeah, I think, look, there's a ton of different applications for using AI. Um, but I think if I, I like to try to view certain problem sets or approaches in more of a binary type. So like, we'll say like for fun and then more for like business applications. I mean, there are, for the fun piece, I mean, there are so many various different AI-related projects that 
otherwise produce brilliant pieces of art or otherwise really creative expressions of things that you're kind of like guiding it towards there mid journey. There are a bunch of other ones that have started kind of like image creation, video creation. Um, if you all are curious about like some of the things that are really kind of what I'll call new entrance into the market, there's a great application called product hunt where you can go and be on like kind of the cutting edge of all the technology that's coming to market. Just go to like your app store product hunt and it has a ton of really great filters and features where you can see applications and businesses, some of which are powered by AI that are coming to market every single day. If you're interested in like seeing like, Hey, what is like, the really cool next mid journey, like all of those companies come through product hunt. It's really awesome. Highly encourage it. If you have, so like from a professional or business endeavor kind of front, if you have a business and your business is B2B or B2C, so business to business or business to consumer, AI can help in a lot of different aspects. I mean, so the company that I founded chatterbox is something that everybody could use from their website perspective. It allows you to bolster your brand messaging, allows you to get data points back on like, hey, maybe people don't like your pricing, think your product offerings lack. You can imagine, right, you have a website, people go to your website, you see that they maybe navigate around, but you miss out on all of those key data points that they could otherwise be telling you if you had a venue to hear them. Um, that's just one application where it's like, really seeing actual tangible benefits from AI. And there's a whole host of other areas that, that you can use AI in your business, even if you don't have necessarily a, a, a web-based product. So, um, but I'm sure we could go on and on about that, but uh, that was a great question, Nessie. I think that's awesome. No worries. I'm going to throw it across to Travis and Vector, whoever wants to go. Travis, you want to give that a go? Yeah, I mean, I just started with the chat GPT. Um, I read that New York Times article where they're talking about the, uh, you know, how it fell in love with him. And he's telling, telling him how to, they should leave his wife. And uh, that was the Sydney, the, uh, you know, like the early chat GPT um, when it was first coming out. You know, it had the bugs in there and I thought that was fascinating. I just wanted to see what this was all about. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers that story. Um, but yeah things are just advancing so far by the day. Like you almost can't even keep a list. I mean, that's really cool. What uh, Jake was talking about there uh, with the product hunt. I, um, that's, that's a fantastic resource. Um, another one, uh, you said you like mid journey. Um, there's a group of people uh, there. They are, and everybody write this down. Everybody like grab a pencil, grab your note app, but it's the tech in schools initiative. The Tech in Schools Initiative, and that's what he is doing. He's putting everything together, and for the price of ChatGPT, for the price of, like, one of those things, like, he's got 15 tools. He's adding every – he's adding tools every single week. He has AI that builds AI. Like, he is so far out there, and he's giving demos – and just a fantastic person. That's Ross over there with the Tech in Schools Initiative. Um, but, I mean, like, Midjourney, 
we he was demo he was demoing uh, literally with uh, Vector and me earlier today. A uh, I forget if it was a Mid Journey or the Da Vinci, but it's not even released yet. Like he's he was able to get the keys to that car, start it up, and show it to us. Nobody has that, and he's going to be putting that in his program, like in a couple weeks at most. And he's working on putting a uh, mobile application to have it on your hand instead of like having to use the computer in that. But I mean, his stuff is moving just lightning fast and. Anybody who's serious and wants to do anything serious, that's where you need to go. You literally go up to this program, you tell it what you want to make, you give it the prompts, and you can build an app out of it. Like, he's demonstrated in front of me twice, where in five minutes, he can get a working app, you know, and he's not a programmer. He's literally using AI to create AI programs and expanding what he's offering to everybody. And you are not going to find anything better than that. And even better, he has a charitable part of it as well. So if you pay for like his, I think it's like $24 a month, which is like nothing for what he's offering, he gives it free to a student as well. So he's got a charitable aspect of it um, with it as well. So, I mean, like that, like that's where we're going. Like it's, it's just moving so yeah. This sounds crazy. Can you, if you have a link to it, are you able to pin it to the top? Um, if you have a link to any of this. And Jake, same with yours with your product hunt as well. If you potentially have a link, let's pin it to the top for the people if you can. Yeah. Um, but I want to try this. Now, you're selling this to me now. I want to give this a go. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's like he's always saying, like, it's just crazy. Like, what's coming out, like, day after day. Like, it's yesterday he was showing us... Uh, face swaps how you can do that he was uh how you can do like uh anime prompting which is like relatively new and much more difficult than expected and in the next like week or two he's talking about being able to do face swaps on video for videos like it is insane how fast this entire area is moving and, like, anybody wanting to do anything, especially get out of the fucking rat race, learn this stuff. It's out there. <laughs> See, that's cool. But then I'm then going to throw the next question, like, so what should be, like, what's the role of regulation and responsibility for AI then? So, that I mean, it's, as we say, it's advancing at an unprecedented rate, which is phenomenal for the people who are getting in early, and there's real opportunities to be made there, but... What should the regulation and responsibility look like? I mean, regulation and responsibility for IP has been difficult to nail down historically. And it's always constantly like evolving based upon like emerging technology. Like it's like always like like emerging technology comes out, like MP3s came out and then they had to kind of like figure it out. You know, it's never it's never been able to be like, you know, kind of like lax and like shit comes out and then like, you know, it just can absorb it. Like, because, like, the more things come out, the more we see that, like, kind of, like, creation is very democratic and, like, nothing is, like, you know, like, the idea, like, nothing new is under the sun kind of thing. Like, we're kind of having to kind of realize and accept that and, like, just kind of, like, understand that, like, you know, like, AI is pulling, like, imagery from, like, like the sort the amount of sources is just, like, unimaginable. And so it's like, it's not like, it's like, it's like the idea is like, I make a song. Like if I made a song, like we're all like a walking little AI in a sense. Like we are intelligence. It's so silly to even say that. But like the point of the matter is like everything that I've created is an amalgam of things that I've seen and heard. 
And like, if I were to like, you know, so if like I make a blues song, like, you know, like it's like a 12 bar blues or whatever the case may be, the odds of my 12 bar blues being like literally exactly someone else's song by note, you know, is like almost extremely likely. And what we're coming, what we're coming to is just an area where it's just like, you know, like, like creation and like, you know, like, like, like even with like, like, like right now they're saying like, you can make an AI an image, but like if you go into Photoshop and like Photoshop it and edit it, then now you can like, you know, you can pretty much claim it for copyright and like, no, whatever. So it's just a matter of just like kind of get in where you fit in and just experiment and then see what, 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 what pins up against the wall and what works and what doesn't work. And let's see like, you know, where things do fit. Cause we're going to have to just kind of understand that. Like what, what is like, you know, like creative license in this, in this, in this new world where like, you know, like, it's like, <laughs> like, it's a, it's a really like crazy question. And then as far as like, you know, if you're, if you're new to this stuff, I would say just hit Google and go by your interest base because like, there's just so much, like if you're a photographer, then image modeling is for you probably. But if like you want to do like now there's like 3d, there's like 3d uh, modeling AI at this point, there's um, there's animation AI at this point, there's audio editing AI, there's audio creation AI, there's music. So just like, if you're a musician, hit Google and say, I want to hit the music AI, you know, if you're in, so that, I think that that's really where you should start, like start, like getting where you fit in and make it as fun for you as possible. Don't like, you know, try to make it like a job because you think people are going to make money. So like you want to go and start doing text prompt AI and that's just not where you like roll. You're not a writer. You're not anything like that, you know? So like go where it's going to be fun for you. And then from there, like all the tools are kind of becoming integrated. And so like, if you go to one AI thing, you're probably more than likely going to like, touch up against a bunch of different kinds of kind of like AI types. And so like, as far as like, you know, whether it's going to be like typing or, or image or image to image or whatever the case may be, how they run it. And so you're going to get like a kind of like smattering or smorgasbord of all the different kinds anyway, no matter what you do. So just start with your interests, I think, and just like, you know, work it from there. Fantastic. What about yourself, Travis? You got a point for that as well? Oh, what was the question again? It's to do with regulations and then also how, like, where you go. So first question was about regulations and responsibility and who has that responsibility for AI. Yeah, I think Vector hit it really well um, when he's talking about it. It is somewhat difficult because a lot of it is trained on what's already out there. But like he phrased perfectly, that's what we are. <laughs> like, that's what we're trained on. That's our experiences. Um as far as like re re um, regulation per se, um, the European Un Union is looking at trying to- This space was downloaded via spacesdown.com. Visit to download your spaces today. Put something together. Um, we're lucky. Um, for those of us in the United States, it looks like we're mainly going to get like a sit back and kind of see approach. Um, so that will allow a lot more creativity to flow and more opportunity and uh, more ideas. Um, so, I mean, as far as, like, anything, like, really scary, I mean, we're, like, five, ten years away from that when we're talking about, like, artificial general intelligence. I mean, when we get, like, anywhere near that, in my opinion, that's the point where we need to, like, look at, like, some breaks or just, like, see what we can do. Um, but, like, right now, I mean, it's, it's pretty painless, and it's just uh, seeing what we can do with it and being able to help people, I think, is uh, and help people um, work on what they're love and interests are so it's uh he's pretty good i mean we've done quite well we've got 42 minutes through before we've mentioned the words and i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna say it skynet <laughs> oh <laughs> not even done... that's like 10 years away 
maybe. And that's, that is then a perfect next question is, what do we envision the future scenario for AI in the next five to 10 years? Do we think Skynet is, could be a thing? Uh, so right, right now, I mean, it's just our spitting back what it's taking in. So it doesn't have the ability to, to think for itself. Like all of those sci-fi movies are based on artificial general intelligence where it's able to think for itself and make these motions and just kind of think on its own. I mean, we all kind of know that paperclip program where, you know, you give it the solution or the problem, you know, build the most paperclips and it destroys the whole world because that's all it wants to do is do paperclips. You know, I mean, we're nowhere near any of that. Um, but yeah, it's it's quite a ways away. I think we, we can, we got a lot of latitude until anything near that. What's your thoughts, Jake? So, I, I mean, I think that you already see the application of what I'll kind of couch as just like more artificial intelligence, not necessarily what we use as large language models, which is, you know, predominantly like text-based, we'll, we'll say. Um, I mean, there are a lot of different weapons systems that are already created and in use today in various different conflict zones that um, can make decisions on their own. Um, these tools for war have been put on display in like the Ukraine Russia conflict where they have autonomous drones that will fly around and wait for a target that they recognize and then go and, and attack that target. So I don't think it's as far off where we see like, you know, what I'm saying is like broad artificial intelligence being weaponized. I mean, it, it, it makes sense. And I say it makes sense because the idea behind like having robots fight a war is so that humans don't have to fight a war, right? Um, I, I do think that the application is going to be way, way asymmetric, meaning that like, you know, at a certain point in the not too distant future, and it's already taking place today, but I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility where we see more mechanized autonomous kind of uh warfare fighting that's a positive thing that's good it's nice hearing that side um cash flow chronicles you've got a question yeah i have one quick question um who who will be like this pocket person for ai you know like for nft gary v is the biggest voice so bitcoin you have like pump right like, who will be that person? Who will be that voice where we can actually uh, start following and learning more? Any any ideas, any tips, any links? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't think there's anyone. I think that it would probably be, like, an AI, maybe, like, an embodied AI that would, like, make a... Like it wouldn't be, like, a... Like, it wouldn't be, like, a person in, in general. They would, like, make, like, a... Like a like a like an AI representative or something like that that would kind of like speak for it, but I don't I don't think that there is. I think that right now it's just so like understated and kind of like like I don't know. It's like weirdly like I don't know. I don't want to say controversial, but in a sense it is. And so I feel like it's just like not something that I think people people are building a lot in the background, but no one's made it like a pop thing yet because to do that it's like it needs some kind of like you know it needs to have relation to something in the pop field so like you know maybe like if it's like a a record label decides to like do like an ai artist or something like that or like you know or if some like kid like you know some like you know underground kid makes ai 
music and it, and it blows up and then like you know and then from there it becomes viral because the thing is like you know and, and it just copy success so if one guy does it then another guy will do it another guy will do it another guy will do it and the scene will come and then next thing you know whoever like you know fights the giant battle in that can become like the ai spokesperson for like the world or something like that in that field though because ai is just so broad that like you know like they could do it for music but then who's going to be the guy for like tech who's going to be the guy for like you know whatever so it's just it's not the kind of thing that you can just kind of like pin down and then as far as like the whole skynet thing goes i think that people think that like it's going to just be like one day it's just like boom skynet and i think that like what we need to see is that these are like it's going to be like a series of systems that come together that create what that is in a sense like so like maybe like first we like have like ai do like you know resource management you know, and then we start giving it the keys to do other things and you start giving it the keys to do other things. But the way that that works is that you have to give it integration. It has to be integrated into these systems. Like, and so once you start doing that, once you start giving it more and more and more responsibilities over time and less human, like, you know, like oversight, oversight, then like, you know, you're starting to see like maybe these systems can come together and then something of that nature maybe like can kind of form based upon like a bunch of different, like different systems coming together to make something that would be like essentially a Skynet, you know, that I think that that could be like the way it happens in a much, and like, it would be much more for me, that's even more like insidious or like, kind of just like, it's like a boiling frog kind of thing where it's like, they just, they make this solution. They make that solution. They make this solution. They make that solution. Oh, one day we're all going to merge. We're one company. Now we're going to call ourselves Skynet, that kind of thing, you know, where it's like, it's almost like out, it's like not even governmental at this point. It's just like, you know, they privatize just about everything that, that is to be privatized. And now, you know, that's all being run by one business or one thing, one entity, you know, that kind of thing. And that's, that's scary. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, Jake, maybe uh, think of something or he reminded me of something. Cause like we do see malicious actors and like with, uh, like foreign states like North Korea, China and Russia and those where they don't speak like English, maybe necessarily as their first language and where you'd maybe get, like, a phishing scam or something from them, and it would look a little, you know, cheesy, and you'd be able to see there's something off. With this artificial intelligence, um, they're able to use uh, the new models and be able to write in, like, perfect English, and they're able to do it at scale. So while um, we've seen, like, whatever with, like, maybe elections or, like, influencing, um, that's able to be ramped up much more and then further, um, especially um, older people have uh, more difficult telling like what is real and what is auto-generated. Whereas like a lot of us, we grew up in it, so like we'll see something like right away and just like be able to dismiss it like it's nothing. Um, there's a lot of people that just aren't built or don't understand and don't have the training yet to be able to identify the malicious stuff out there. So I think uh, I think Jake uh, really helped me remember that and. You know, that's an excellent point that, I mean, that's like today, like right now, like this next election in the United States, like we're going to be able to, we're going to see people at scale trying to influence people. Um, and it's going to be, you know, easier for people that just don't have the training to fall for that stuff. So, so maybe just one thing here too. So um, it, in my day job, right, I, I work on Wall Street, I work and handle a lot of different um what we'll call is like internal fraud and external fraud type controls. And, and one of the things just as an aside, and this ne isn't necessarily about AI, but one thing that I think is really important just to share with everybody, like 
Travis had mentioned that there are people who are susceptible to these like poorly written kind of emails and, and things of that nature. Um, I was actually having a discussion the other day and I thought this was fascinating and I'd love to share it is that those poorly worded emails or poorly like have like very poor grammar or anything in those emails are actually poor by design. And that kind of took me off guard because I was like, what do you mean they're poor by design? And the idea is that these emails are poorly worded or have poor grammar because they are actually not targeting the people that are skeptical, but actually targeting the people that don't necessarily see this as a problem. And those are the marks of the people that they are most interested in scamming. So to the extent of like having AI be more utilized in this kind of application where it's like allowing them to write perfect, perfect grammar, perfect everything is not It's ironic because it's like not even necessarily who they're going for. Um, it's, it's sad, but the truth is, is that those scammers, those people are actually most interested in going after the people who do not see this as a problem. And I'm not going to make any commentary about who or who hasn't fallen victim to those scams. But it's actually quite fascinating that the people that they want to engage with are the people that don't see this as a problem. So just as an aside, um, the question, I think, which was who should we be following in this space? Who's like the influencers? I think that there are a number of different researchers in the large language model machine learning um, AI space. You could do some quick searches. A lot of these people are like, you know, hardcore academics and have or maybe still work for various different companies that they did not found, such as like Baidu, Google. Um, there are a lot of people from um, like Stanford who have really great applications. If you're looking for somebody who's maybe the most noteworthy, I would say that like you could look at Sam Altman, um, who's the founder of OpenAI. Um, as a person to kind of be a little bit more leading the way of like maybe some, you know, uh, I mean, he definitely has the world's attention with the stuff that he's working on. And I think that's a really great way to kind of keep plugged in. Some of these other folks, it may be more on like the academic side, which to be fair, I wouldn't spend a whole lot of time reading their academic papers because, you know, I have other other things going on. But if you're interested in academia, I think that there you could just throw that into Google and ask, you know, who are the, the top researchers in that space if you're curious about their white papers. Perfect. Thank you. We have a new speaker up on stage, Tech in Schools. We were actually talking about your tech earlier. So do you want to give us a bit of uh, introduction to yourself? Um, sure. So <clears throat> my name is Ross. Uh, our organization is Tech and Schools Initiative. We are a nonprofit organization helping students and entrepreneurs and developers get access to really good education technology because it's kind of garbage right now. And we've been doing this for eight years um, before AI. And then AI happened. And then I remember the first day I saw it before like the world, like a month before the world, because I was in some alpha and I was like, oh, wow, this is really going to change things. So I reached out to my friends in different companies, some were in, in Google and Facebook and Apple, and they were telling me like it's coming. 
So I said to myself, what if we made tools that were unlike anything out there, like at all, and made them more powerful than I've ever seen? So I first started it for me. It was just for me to build tools to use this stuff because I didn't quite understand. And then once I started integrating it with students, it became a whole entire process. And then people started wanting it. So then it brought me to where I am now, which is I have two platforms that do one does text and one does images. And they both do things that currently ChatGPT does not do right now. And the biggest, my biggest thing is if there's going to be software, there needs to be software that has every single LLM in one place. And that's why I built AI Tutor. So like you can talk to everyone. So if it, if it comes out, it's there. Sometimes GPT doesn't have the right answer and Claude does. Sometimes Claude doesn't have the answer and Meta does. And it's really a lot. And if you're not an engineer or developer, it can seem overwhelming. So my best advice to you, if you're an entrepreneur, is to get make friends with it. Become friends with the AI. Learn how to use it as a resource. Like right now, you guys hear my voice. But in the last hour, I've been talking to a friend of mine that um, works at PlayHT. If you ever heard of this company, anyone ever heard of them? So if you haven't, they are a voice cl voice cloning company. And he was telling me their new API is really cool. So I tested it. And let's see if you can hear it. This is me. This is how good it is. Hold on. Hey, this is a, a first test publicly. Can you tell me some things you can do? So it takes a second, but it's my voice, not just AI. So, so that was you? No, this is really me. And then the fake me is coming. You'll hear it in a second. This is really new. It doesn't even exist yet in our platform, but it's going to. Because I've never heard anything. As your personal heard. learning guide, I can help you with a wide range of subjects and learning goals. I can assist you in finding relevant resources explaining concepts and that's not me exercises, that's like and AI. offering guidance and support throughout your learning journey just let me know what subjects you're interested in or what, what specific help you need and i'll be here to assist you that was cloned in like five minutes okay that's a little bit absolutely madness and so what we're introducing now into the platform is play ht api connections so you can clone your voice in less than 30 seconds on less than 30 seconds of voice and you could use it in anything you want to build. Like what, like this app that I have, though I can't show it to you guys live because it's not on the internet, it's local. Basically, it's just a white page and a chat button. There's no text, there's no typing. It's all talking because some of my subscribers asked me if I could make something that could be in the car where it could be hands-free. So that's what I'm working on. Okay, so you're working on an... Wow. So, and hands free where you talk and it comes back with your own voice. This is cool. This is yeah, totally well, that's, cool. That's like one of the latest things we're working on. But the main focus is to create a, a way for people like everyone in this room right now to chat with like GPT 32K, which you can't. It's like a waiting list and they don't even have good support. So you can't even get on phone with anyone at OpenAI. I, even me, it takes like at least two days to get like feedback from anyone at OpenAI. It's crazy. 
and I'm literally working with them. <laughs> like we're one of their API partners, but it's, there needs to be a more, uh, like a more efficient way. Like for example, the vision model, it won't like talk to you about, you know, humans, but like that's because they turned it off. So our vision model doesn't have that turned off. You can ask about anything because even a painting sometimes has a human in it and then it gets flagged. So like being able to do these things unrestricted is super important to me and creating like art is important to me. So like stable diffusion and mid journey and all this stuff. It's crazy that it's all gated behind money and tech and, and like actual servers. So what I did is different is I basically partnered with a few of these companies, pitched them a really, really crazy idea and they agreed to support it. So that means infrastructurally, I don't have to worry which is very, very important for a small company like ours because we have people, literally, I have someone that today generated 4,800 images. The day hasn't even ended yet, and that's one person. So yeah, that's it, a lot of images. Well, and that's the thing. Like, let's say you want to develop something for real, like for a brand or for artwork. You're going to develop thousands of images. The question is, who's going to pay for those thousands of images? Because nothing lets you generate unlimited except Pixio. I, I think my product might be the only one, which is pretty cool. It's very cool. So um, I think it was Travis or Victor, Victor, somebody mentioned that you have a charitable aspect to your company. Do you want to talk through that slightly? Oh. So we wanted to originally not launch a product. We wanted to launch something into our current cohort of students and educators that we work with for the last eight years. But we do realize that if you do something like that, it has to be sort of self-sustaining because who's going to pay for 2,000 kids to have access to AI? So we created a really cool idea. So every time someone gets it for themselves, a student gets it too, for free. And, and also, if you have a student and you're a subscriber, they also get it for free. So it's like three accounts for the price of one. That's and cool. You so you buy an account, you sponsor a student, basically. Mm -hmm. And the student could be a student you know in your world. So it could be your niece, your nephew, a cousin, you know. And we also sponsor a student with that, too. Okay, that's cool. I have a request, if that's possible. Would you give us, uh, Cashflow Chronicles, like a one-hour crash course on your platform someday? Oh uh, yeah, sure. So not um, when if we you give me like a few days notice, I can create like a live demo too. Okay, that would be excellent. Hundred percent, we would love to do that. Yeah, I mean, have you guys tried image generation at all? Are you guys so familiar? I, yeah, I am. I what? subscribe to Midjourney and things, but uh, I'm nowhere near the level that I think you're talking about. Well, it's like kind of like imagine if you had Midjourney and and Stable Diffusion, Stability, and and Leonardo and Dream Booth and all these different things that you can pay for, but put in one place. That's Pixio. So they're still there, just separate separately in modules, but all in one place. So like okay. anything Midjourney could do, we could do. Anything Stable Diffusion could do, we could do. We could even swap faces. Yesterday I did face swap live. I swapped uh, two hundred and thirty faces. In a Twitter Spaces. Okay, and that's much cheaper. And it doesn't look stupid. Like it's it's using neural net technology. So like 
Even right now, it's online. If you guys wanted to face swap, you could try it. You want to try it? <laughs> well, I don't know. It's, it sounds a bit random. <laughs> I don't well, know whose face I can. want now. That's a bit of a panic. Maybe Jake. Maybe I'll have your face, Jake. So, yeah, you can take any face. So it's like you take a face that you want to put on a face. So first you need the source. So the source is like your face or a face. And then the target would be like the face you want to transplant it on. If you guys go to my Twitter, like right now, even if you like don't try it, like right now, or you could DM me and you could try it. Like I get out demos all the time daily on Twitter. But if you go, you could see a thing I shared. So it's this guy, one of the people that uses our platform, and you can see the face swap and what it does. It's like wild. It's like my third post from the top. And that's using Pixios technology. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, I see it. So you can see the original picture. Yeah. And then the swaps. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And so you could do that like unlimited and you don't need to like, it's like actually using face swap technology, deep fake. And soon it's going to be video. That's the next thing. Just like a lot going on. So when you guys asked me to hop in here, I was like, yeah, this is cool. And by the way. Sorry, uh, sorry to cut you off. Uh, the guy in a blue suit, that's a face swap? Yes, everything's a face swap. The only thing that's not a face swap is the original photo of him standing. That's very cool. Um, and I, I saw the, the you guys have it called Hope or Doom. It's like definitely both, by the way. Well, okay, so if that's the case, because we did have a bit of a discussion about um, the hope behind it, which obviously we're all pushing for, but tell us your your top-line thoughts on the Doom side. I mean, the Doom side, there's so many. I could just go with one that I found today. You know, they're daily. Uh, today, I cloned my voice in 30 seconds, and I could have recorded this space and cloned all your voices in the same 30 seconds. You don't see the problem? Hello. Yeah, that's well, terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just takes this. Like, what you're doing right now is enough training for me to clone your entire voice, Nessie. Like, don't, I can don't... do it just by oh, this gosh. conversation. That's, that's... where... Yeah. <laughs> it's a problem. Okay, that's very scary. <laughs> like, you said enough in right now in this back and forth for me to clone you. I know that, because I just cloned me. Like, you guys heard me and then fake me. They're becoming one and the same. I've never seen it this good. 11 Labs has nothing, nothing on Play HT. Mark my words. <laughs> so if That's you know those two easy, companies, you know that they're the two best companies. And let me tell you, Play HT is knocking it out of the park. I just honestly, like, I have this demo that I prepared for something later, but this is me doing meditation. You guys ready? This is crazy. Eliminating the delicate dewdrops on leaves and petals. Birds are beginning to think of morning songs, and the world feels fresh and alive. That's not me. Close your eyes gently. Take a deep breath in through your nose, allowing your lungs to fill completely. Hold it for a moment, then exhale slowly and deeply through your mouth. Let any tension you're holding melt away with each exhale. That's part of the app I'm building. Like you just type in what you want, and I'll say it. Or you can say it. You can train your own voice. Play HT allows users to train voices. 
That is ridiculously terrifying, though. No, I mean, especially if someone using that maliciously. That is. Yeah, like you could call my mom and be like, hey, I need some money. Can you send it to this, you know, PayPal? Oh, my God. True. My mom would do so, it. I, I think this also just like in it, it, it's really awesome, by the way, uh, tech and school initiatives. We were on a ITT a long time ago. It feels like a long time ago, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I mean, kudos because, you know, you're always coming up with like these really great, you told me to look into Claude when we last spoke and I, I, I have, yeah. I have yet to fully investigate, but it is on my list. Um, I, I just want to just kind of like pause here and we talk about like the negatives or the potential doom situations. I mean, there have been plenty of, you know, what I like to call is just kind of like internet kind of like uh you know <laughs> internet kind of like what i'll say is is terrorists right their 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 purpose and goal is to like you know cause confusion disruption and i say terrorists kind of playfully but having like deep fakes and having the ability to face swap and having the ability to clone someone's voice like you could easily impersonate or easily kind of replicate what would otherwise be a world leader, a faction leader, a, a militant group leader, and really kind of like put this into practice and put this into play, like through concert, you know, concerted or kind of like concerted efforts of trying to create confusion and like uh, other means of fake news along with something like this is like exactly what like talking about how some of the implications of like warfare will change and global politics will change is because we're going to be dealing more and more with this type of lack of validated kind of uh, material that's coming to market. Yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, lack of validated uh, deep fakes uh, will create a, a huge amount of chaos. Obviously, like people are predicting this, it already has, but on the flip side, on the hope side, um, there is active development uh, in technologies to detect these things. And I think, yeah, I mean, just creating a system that can tokenize reality or, or, or prove that it's, it's, it actually happened, um, that is going to be super critical for like video and audio and anything you know like text um that has to happen it's probably not going to be prime time before the election but uh, you know yeah I, i'm not really sure about that probably not but we'll see i wish it was um there's probably going to be something that bad that happens in the well actually that's that's so doomer right now uh, I'll, I'll take that back but yeah so, Adam, you've just popped up on stage as well. Do you want to give us a bit of background about who you are? Um, yeah, like, I mean, I, oh, God, like, uh, I, I've been a product designer, but um, I kind of moved into uh, a new position or, or, like, I'm trying to create a startup, uh, but it's, like, very stealth, so I can't really, like, talk much about it. But, like, I think about this stuff all the time and... Um, yeah, I mean, these are crazy times. I just want to solve like uh, some of the biggest problems that we're facing as a species. Definitely. I mean, 
we have been going for longer than an hour, so I'm probably going to do a couple a couple questions to probably wrap us up soon. In fact, we have a request to come up on stage by Sterling. So let's see if he uh, has a question. Sterling, you have a question? Yeah, thanks, Nancy. Great conversation. I'll keep it really quick. We were just talking about, you know, there's always technology that's that's being developed to detect these sort of things. My answer to that is there's, you know, bad actors are always one step ahead. And, you know, this voice technology that, you know, for how great it is, and we're discussing how dangerous it is. Like my Discord got hacked earlier this week. And if someone had been able to clone my voice and message Nessie, get on a VC with Nessie, she could have got her account drained if she was kind enough to, you know, send me ETH or whatever, for, for, for example. So my question is, how do... How do we ensure, and I guess it's, you can't really, but how, what sort of steps are we taking to ensure that we can detect, you know, fraudulent behavior, especially with, you know, American elections coming up here, you know, in, a, in the next year? I that if you want to know what I'm building in this to make sure that doesn't happen, but that's all I got. I think it's a lot about education. Um, it's, a lot, it's a lot about preparing the public. Um, I think legacy media should start talking about this. I hope they will. I don't know if they will. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this is, this is something we just have to start talking about. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, once again, this, this is a, I feel like, a lot of it is a hardware issue. We have to uh, uh, create hardware, like you know, cameras and and microphones that can facilitate this. Because it's not. I, I don't feel like it's just a software issue. I think it's a hardware issue. Uh, like uh, the the idea of a secure enclave comes to mind. Uh, you know, a safe space where the data is not not able to be corrupted and then it gets tokenized from there like i'm not a very technical person but i sort of know enough uh or or, or yeah i feel like i do anyways um yeah just tokenize tokenizing it uh getting it like somehow synced to the blockchain so it's like immutable um but yeah i mean that's a huge lift you know that's a lot that needs to be done and and, and there's just a lot of uh, uh, shit we have to deal with until we get to that point, until this becomes ubiquitous, this type of tech. Yeah. That's a great point, actually. And it kind of comes me to kind of my last couple of questions here, which is what is the, what's the, how can we, and I'm saying we collectively, better educate the general public, and I am one of the general public, um, about AI and its implications? Yeah, that I mean, to anyone. Yeah. You really, it's just got to be common sense. I mean, there's almost no other way around it right now. Um, I think it was Adam was saying that just as fast as uh, we're coming up with ways to flush out bad actors, uh, the bad actors are coming out with new ways uh, to go around them. So it's just that nonstop cat and mouse game. And I mean, I think, uh, I forget who it was that was talking about a legacy media needs to be talking about it. And then just really trying to drive education about it because where we're at right now. I mean, there's just no other way than just using common sense. I mean, it's just things are moving so rapidly and that's all we can do right now that I'm aware of. 
Um, I, I have one thing I can add to I'm that. I'm going to push back on that. I don't think that we should rely on legacy media for that at all because what they do with anything is really just yeah, kind no. of push a narrative that fills someone's pocket in some sort of way. Like, we really need to just be kind of, like, actively, like, making things that people need that are, like, tactile and useful and then, like, actually putting it in people's hands and giving people advantages and then it's going to spread on that alone. Like, you know, and that's really kind of where it's kind of, like, because at this point, at this point in time, like, it's just, like, utilizing, when we talk about getting news from other people's sources, we're already now, that's already the, 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 the weak spot right there. That's the weak chain link. You know, it's not, it's not, we need to think, people need to be way more active about getting into new immersive technology. Like, we're just, like, the, the, the way that things are, like, people don't like to learn shit. So we have to create things that are, like, super, like, awesome and give people advantages that they don't know that normally have. That's, like, you know, like, focused, like, you know, things that maybe, like, put, like, like, uh, like minority groups or marginalized groups that, like, give them advantages. So that way, like, because those, those are people that are, like, it's, like, the largest population, the most at risk and the most at need for anything that, like, AI can probably provide for them. So for me, it's just, like, getting that stuff in people's hands in a tactile manner. It was useful for them, but like relying on like you know media and shit like that to like, do that, it's always going to be like it's going to be directed and it's going to have some kind of thing that was like it's going to kind of feed someone's kind of someone's wallet, you know. So you've got to be careful with that. So uh, I think you, you're right. Like, so there's some really good points there. Um, like, I'm just kind of like thinking about like the older people, like you know, like how do we we can't really put anything in their hands. So, like, I don't know, maybe not legacy media, but like, how, what can we do for those guys? Well, that's the thing. They they are the ones probably most consuming the legacy media. And and my hope is that before the elections come around like that, uh, you know, legacy media does pick up on this. Um, you know, like uh, like a lot of uh, progressive discussions are happening here. And hopefully uh, that bleeds into the legacy media. It's not like it hasn't happened before. So that's my it, hope. And that's what I was just going to echo is like, look, everybody here who's on this space right now is taking steps in the right direction to get better informed areas such as this are really solid because you're getting a chance to interact with people like, look, by no means am I saying that everybody on here is the the most foremost expert on, you know, AI, but it's really great. I mean, like these people here, myself included are here talking about, projects that they're passionate about technology that's really emerging and providing really valuable resources to become more ingrained and more ingratiated with what is this like emerging tech space. I think, you know, keeping track of those people who you resonated most with and like, you know, seeing what they're talking about is just a great way, just like with any topic is a great way to become more informed. And I do think that legacy media, you know, definitely has a role to play. Now I'll kind of lump legacy media in, right? You have to understand that the purpose of legacy media is not to inform, but is to sell media, right? <laughs> like that is, uh, that is always the case. But um, look, it's, it's your own research. I think sticking your head in the sand and hoping that someone's going to spoon feed you the information that you need is, is not necessarily the best approach, but everybody here is doing some proactive stuff. And I think that that's wonderful. So um, kudos to everybody here. I just want to thank also Cashflow and, and Nessie for doing some some really great hosting. Yeah, actually, uh, Jake has got a really good point there. Um, what we can do with uh, some of the older people, you know, uh, perhaps inoculating them, letting them know what's out there, what is coming, uh, helping them with steps. Um, I think uh, I think that's kind of what Jake was saying in there as well. Like that's a fantastic idea. 
we can all kind of do that and help, uh, you know, those that are still like on the legacy media. Cause like, obviously we're all here. Like we understand the steps, like we're all holding our phones or whatever. Like we get it, but you know, like, uh, Ross was saying with the tech and schools initiative that somebody to use his voice to get a hold of his mom and say, Hey, whatever, you know, like he could talk to his mom and say, Hey, you know, here's me, here's my fake voice. Or, you know, like he could say there's these tools out there, you know? So, I mean, that's what we can do, I suppose, is just let people know. It's crazy to think that we might have to get to a situation at some point that you'll have a safety word to talk to your parents to prove it's you. That's absolutely mind-boggling. And on that note, because that's a pretty dark place to end I suppose um, I want to end on something probably one last bit um, your favorite like so basically give us a one minute plug just to remind everybody who you are what you're building just as a nice way to end it I'm going to start with you Jake and work my way around the team yeah thanks hey I, again everybody uh, my name is Jake I am building a program uh, platform called Chatterbox if you'd like, you can go to my profile. You can check it out. Everybody has access to creating a free demo. Um, essentially, what we're doing is we are trying to empower small and medium businesses by providing them with an easy-to-use platform to integrate AI into their website. We have a host of different analytics that are available, so you can see when people come to your website, they ask questions of this chat service, they want to know more about your product. They want to know more about you and your brand. All of those things are categorized, organized, and enriched with our data. And I, I think it's a really awesome for anyone who has a B2B or B2C business looking to integrate AI. This is a really easy application. It's like copy and paste, simple. Um, so check it out if you're interested. Happy to connect with anybody. Again, all of my infos here just by clicking on the, the link. Perfect. Travis, I'm jumping across to you. Yeah. Um, like we've social media has been stale for so long, but we've seen what works with the different platforms. Uh, there's no reason we can't bring that together under one tent and allow people to bring their friends uh, with them. Um, and that, like uh, Vector was saying as well, like the new social is actually like, getting out there, you know, instead of being sitting at your computer and being enraged at whatever algorithm they're feeding you. Um, I think we can really take a new approach to that. Um, and that's what I'm working on. Fantastic. Victor, yourself. Hey, how am I doing? So yes, I'm building solely runners. It's a cross communication kind of, um, community engagement, content kind of enrichment and authentication kind of platform. That's basically meant to kind of break us out of the bubble and be able to kind of come together and like um, just like kind of like push the algorithm for kind of things that we feel are more authentic and our true self instead of trying to be like, you know, like copycat influencers and that of that nature. And so basically just you come cross communication. We have APIs across multiple social media platforms. You're able to mobilize your community. So if you're an NFT founder and you have a community, you'll be able to mobilize them, reward them and grow that community and push them to multiple platforms. And that's it. So come on down, check us out. It's uh, solelybutters.com. We're starting our initiation uh, phase right now. So you just like, join our socials, um, join our Discord, and stay tuned because we've got a lot coming down the line. Perfect. And then t- 
Tech and Schools Institute. Do you want to give us the quick two-minute spiel? Uh, yeah, sure. So we're a nonprofit organization that's building the future of education. And as of now, infusing that with AI as early as, you know, middle school, high school, and even into college. And currently building um, AI Tutor and Pixio, which are text and image generation based platforms that have zero limitations. Love that. Guys, if you've enjoyed today, um, please give every one of these fantastic speakers a follow. It has been an absolutely exceptional space today. Um, I hope you've all enjoyed it. Um, I am Nessie. I am your co-host and I'm co-hosting for Cashflow Chronicles. And we hope you've had a fantastic day and welcome to the world of AI. Thanks all. Thanks for having me, everyone. Take care. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. This space was downloaded via spacesdown.com. Visit to download your spaces today.